Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreau. And I'm Sally Gentry. The trio back together, guys, and I'm so excited. And we are looking ahead. We're looking forward. Rose Parade 2018 here on this episode of the Gifted Life to put on something that magnificent. Lots of planning has to go into play. Yes, it does take a lot of planning. And of course, we took part in that and in the process surprised two Louisiana families with an amazing gift. That was fun. And we're going to hear from them to hear what they think about their loved one being on the national and international stage. Which is amazing because we all watch it. It's easy to do, right? That's something that you can take part in. So you're going to have your fill right here on The Gifted Life. And we want you to help us spread the word. And you've been doing a pretty good job. Amazingly now, of course, we had Ghana in the lead one. for a long uh-huh. time well, outside, of the, okay, States, yeah, outside yeah. of the United States. But now Japan has taken the lead and has widened the gap over the last couple of months. I don't know if that's because of me or because, you know, now I haven't been here the last couple of months. So, you know, we also did a road trip so we could always look into that. Oh, Funding absolutely. may be an issue yeah, because we spent well. Joey's last time going to the racetrack. Yes. And that was for work, totally for work, which worked out well. But listen, we appreciate our team members. That's you listening, helping us spread the word. We try to make it as easy as possible. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app may be. Yeah, and on social media, a lot of what we talk about here, you can see in pictures and you can hear more through what we post there. So Donate Life Louisiana, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Donate Life LA. And don't forget, you can always give us a call. 504-648-3477. That's the hotline. We may use your audio. We want this to be interactive. We want you to be with us, partner, and let's save lives. I'm excited. Ready to get started? All right. Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. All right, guys. We told you we were looking ahead. Rose Parade. 2018 that'll air and roll January 1st 2018 but lots of planning that goes into it you know who can tell us all about that Miss Kathleen Hostert she is the Donate Life Rose Parade Float Manager a big title Miss Kathleen thanks for joining us thank you Lori for having me this obviously is a year-round effort right because it is so wonderful when it rolls it truly is it's a labor of love uh, that we have hundreds and thousands of volunteers that come together every year as well as a donut life rose parade committee and um, to make this incredible event happen and it it really is it's magic it's a magical event and i love the theme of the float like how do you guys even start to imagine what's coming up next it always seems so perfect so we actually start with the theme of the parade. So the Tournament of Roses comes up with a theme for the parade each year. This year it's Making a Difference, which, you know, personally for what we do with the world of organized and tissue donation, everyone truly makes a difference with their gifts that they've received or that they've given through the gift of life. And from that theme, we work with that theme to come up with our own theme for our float, which this year is the gift of time. Uh, it really is a great way to um, celebrate the greatest gift any of us can bequeath to a waiting recipient, 
and it also showcases the power that each of us has to help one another. My wife and I, every uh, New Year's morning, wake up and eagerly watch the parade, especially to see the Donate Life float. And you mentioned magic. You know, it is just a beautiful, beautiful float each and every year. How many man hours go into this? So that's a great question. Actually, the day after the parade, uh, every year we start again. Uh, the floats are brought uh-huh. back to the barns after viewing. Uh, Paradiso, who is our float builder, they actually strip all the floats. We try and recycle everything that we can uh, due to cost. So we recycle as much as we can. And then our um, float builder, Charles Meyer, he's actually our designer. So as soon as we have the theme of the parade, he'll start working on his vision of how he can fit our parade uh, float into organize and tissue donation. And he'll send us a couple renderings that we get to look at as a committee. And we actually make a decision of what we think fits best with not only the theme of the parade, but then, of course, you know, what we're all doing and the message that we're trying to get out there with the power of donation. So we actually start, we have our first committee meeting in February, uh, and we try and have a design picked uh, and ready to go by, by end of April. And from there, it is uh, a ton of man hours uh, working on actually starting to decorate the float. We've already had our first test ride where you actually take the float out onto the street with the tournament. Uh, we have to have riders on the float, uh, making sure that it's safe and sound for everybody. All the mechanics are working and everything. Um, it's, for us, it's fun because it's our first look at it. Right. Uh, so this year when we did the test ride, there were no colors on the float yet. The birds were all white, but you mm-hmm. can kind of visualize what everything's going to look like. Uh, and then we work through our float builder. Our first decorating shift is in December. So we actually start the first week of December decorating on the float. And then our florographs are how we honor our deceased donors who have given the gift of life. Those we actually start decorating in October. Uh, and that gives us a great opportunity. We, ha- we are the one float that actually can take a piece of a float and ship it across the country. So with our florographs, we're able to decorate a loved one's photo and then we can ship it back to families who can't come out during October and decorate, and they get to have an event with their local area to finish the eyebrows or finish something that they would like to on the florograph. So it's a great opportunity to really take the float and not only have it in Pasadena, but we can have it, we can ship it across the country and touch so many people. So Kathleen, I had no idea it was such, you know, basically a, a year-round thing that you it guys has did. To be. Oh my goodness! Year. But so why do you wait so long? You know, wait until December. It seems like I, I would get so nervous <laughs> having to wait that long before we actually decorate. And I understand what you're saying. Uh, we actually we do a lot of prep work, but actually uh, everything has to be dry, organic materials, fresh materials. So um, just with the history of the floats, we know if we start at the beginning of December, starting before then, um, we take the risk of things not looking as fresh and as good as they should be. Um, so just... We take the advice from our float builder. That's where uh, we kind of use his guidance. And typically all the floats begin decorating in December. So Kathleen, initially, how did all this begin? And and what I mean is going back in time, who decided, wow, this would be a great idea to honor organ tissue and eye donors? Was it you all that came up with the idea? There was actually a gentleman, and this is a story I love to tell because he was one of our dear friends, uh, Gary Foxen and his wife, Lois. Gary was a volunteer for One Legacy, our organ procurement organization in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And Gary was a lung recipient. His life had been saved through the gift of a lung transplant. And Gary had worked for the Automobile Club for 25 years. 
and the Automobile Club had done a float each year, and he was a part of that. And so he actually wrote a letter to One Legacy and said, you know, we really should have a float in the parade because it's such a great way to get our message out nationwide, worldwide, because people watch the float from, from all over the oh, place. Yeah. And he was very passionate about um, seeing this through. He wrote a letter. He sent it to One Legacy, which sat on the company that I work with. I sat on our CEO's desk for a while, and they hadn't heard back, so Lois and Gary called and said, you know, this is something we're really passionate about. We really want to see this through. Um, and they began working with One Legacy uh, to be the producer of the float because somebody has to actually produce the float and, you know, run all the everything mm-hmm. that goes on with it. So Gary partnered with One Legacy. Uh, they went to the tournament. Um, in order to have a float in the parade, you have to submit an application to the tournament. You have to say why it's compelling. And you have to actually be accepted into the parade. Um, when the application was submitted, it was received almost immediately from the tournament because they saw the value of the impact of this message that the float could have. Our first float was in 2003, and Gary had the honor and the privilege of watching his dream come true mm. and actually seeing the float. Gary passed away a couple years ago. He actually got to ride on the float as well, a long recipient, great. which, yeah, it was an honor to see him. But it's because of Gary's passion um, and, you know, just his vision to create something that could be so meaningful and also an opportunity, like with LOPA, where we can involve orchid procurement organizations and families from all across the country. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity as a nation to show our message. How many families will there be this year? So this year we will have uh, 68 families coming out who are either florograph families who are coming in honor of their loved one who has uh-huh. passed away and given the gift of life. Uh, we have 16 writers who are all recipients of oh. organ, eye, or tissue. Right. And then we have eight walkers who are um, either living donors or they're recipients as well. So all of them will be coming out on December 29th uh-huh. um, to the Hilton Pasadena. And we just formed this amazing community at the hotel. We have about 95% of the hotel booked. So it's just we're all there from December 29th through January 2nd. And it really just becomes an incredible home of gratitude, remembrance, and, and celebration. Yeah, we've been able to, of course, connect with a lot of those that we've sponsored, you know, from, from Lopa, from Louisiana, and the stories that they tell, you know, are, are just amazing. I can't wait to hear. One of the other questions I had, I talked about how beautiful the float is every year, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, Kathleen. How many flowers? How many flowers? <laughs> make up one is float? There a way it, to tell? It is. <laughs> So that's That's a great question. And we're actually waiting to hear back from our float designer because he actually gives us what we call a call-out book that tells us how many roses, how many of every single individual flower that will be placed on the float. So we're waiting with a steady breath to get that information from him. And we'll have those facts in just a little while, and we can actually say what kind of roses, what kind of flowers. Um, And the flowers come from all over the world. And to walk into a flower tent, where all of these flowers oh, are. Mm. Just, I mean, just the smell oh, and the oh, beauty that you see is, yeah, it's incredible. My goodness. Now, you mentioned roses. This popped into my mind. Lopa actually dedicates a rose for all donors that actually rides on that float. Is that something that others can take part in? If so, how do we go about that? It is, and thank you for asking. It's such a special part of the float because anybody across the world can take part in it. They can have a piece. They can be a part of the float uh, on Colorado Boulevard on New Year's Day. We have our Rose Dedication Program, and you can simply sign on to donatelifefloat.org, 
and uh, click on the Rose Dedication Program. Anyone can dedicate a rose with a personal dedication in honor of someone who's given the gift of life, received the gift of life, someone who's waiting for the gift of life. And those roses are placed uh, every year on December 29th. If families are in the area, in the Pasadena area, they can actually sign up and place them themselves. But every one of those dedications is read uh, by one of our volunteers before it is put on the float as a way to honor those people who those roses have been dedicated from. And it's just a, it's a great way, as I said, for everyone across the country to be involved and be a part of the float. Right. And so tell us the site again. Also, want to tell people where to go to see the rendering of what the float will look like. And then I know sometimes you guys put the floor graphs and, and a description of who's going to be on that float too, right? There's a one-stop shop for that? There is. So if you go to donatelifefloat.org, you'll be able to look at uh, past history, see our past floats. Uh, we're just getting ready to start putting all of our information for this year's honorees. Um, so by August, September, you'll be able to see all of our honorees read a little capsule about each participant that's riding, walking, or being honored. You can also dedicate a rose uh, and just get some history on our float and see this year's uh, rendering of our float, which is the gift of time. I love it. Kathleen, you are a wealth of information about this float. We can't wait to watch it roll January 1st, 2018, but we hear the work that is yet to be done, the progress being made, and then the message that's going to go out. So we thank you. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank organizations like Glopa. It's such an honor to work with companies who across the country are willing to, to you know, to honor their families and bring them out to Pasadena. And for our families, it's you know, some of these families have never been on a plane. They've never stayed in a hotel. So it's mm-hmm. it's a very eye-opening experience for them. Um, but I can tell you, watching these families, the four to five days of their hotel, watching the healing that happens. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for them to be able to meet other families that have been in their same situation or other recipients who are recipients as well, mm-hmm. just it's such an honor to watch the healing that takes place over the four to five days that we're all together in Pasadena. It's an incredible opportunity to be a part of. You know, I think that's part of why almost all of us do what we do is just exactly what you've summed up very, very wonderfully. We just love working with families and helping them reconnect to life and to see what they can do to make a difference for everyone. So thank you. Absolutely. It's a labor of love and an honor on our part. Well, Kathleen, we'll be sending two of our own families here from Louisiana from Lopa, that will be going. And I'm sure you'll be taking great care of them as well. Yes. And we'll be talking to them later on in the podcast. Great. And we we are honored to meet them. And uh, we will definitely, they will become part of an incredible community when they get here with us in their journey to Pasadena. All right, guys. So we heard about the float. We heard about the parade that's coming up. We all watch around New Year's Day. But in 2018, there's a special piece of the Donate Life float that's going to mean a whole heck of a lot to our next guest. Her name is Julie Castile. Hey, Julie. Hi. Hey, when that float rolls, why will you be watching, ma'am? I will be standing on Colorado Boulevard to see my baby blue come down (gasps) because he saved lives. And next year, January 1st, 2018, he's being honored and he's going to be on the float representing Louisiana. And I will be standing on Colorado Boulevard to witness that major event 
Um, yeah, and when you say him, we're talking about your hero. His name is? Kelly Terrio. With those baby blues. Yep. And that's going to be amazing. And we were all sitting here because um, Joey and Sally had a chance to watch you learn that this was going to happen. So, guys, fill us in. Well, so we had a ceremony in honor of a lot of our volunteers and also philanthropists throughout the state. And those who have had floor graphs uh, basically were in the situation or, or, or had the opportunity that Julie has right now. This is our 10th year. Uh, so it was the first time we had all of the floor graphs in the same room at the same time. Cool. And every family there honoring their loved one and, and telling their story uh, about their loved one and about about Pasadena and, and their whole experience. It was just an amazing event. So, Julie, you're, you're there and you're thinking you're just attending this event? You're helping? Right. I was honored to be there, honored to be invited to be in a room with all the past Graph writers. It, it was just an amazing night, not knowing that the script was going to be flipped on me. <laughs> and if anybody, well, if anybody saw the pictures, <laughs> you knew I was completely shocked when they announced that um, Kelly was going to be one of the two writers in the upcoming parade. I was definitely floored, hmm. very unexpected. For our listeners who have not been familiar with this, each year for the last nine years, LOPA has helped sponsor a family to participate. But this year we changed it up to do something different for the 10th year, and that was, you know, our committee looked at two families, and we we're very fortunate for Julie and another one of our heroes uh, to be selected to do so. So it's quite an honor to have you all representing not only your loved one, but also LOPA. The theme of the parade this year for the Rose Parade is making a difference. And the float is called the gift of time to have Kelly represented. What does this mean for you, Julie? We're coming up on his fifth anniversary, and it marks a big anniversary for us. Missing him and doing, you know, we didn't know what we were going to do for his anniversary, and we wanted to really mark it, and I feel that this event is going to help us really put him out there and spread his story. Which is incredible, Julie. If you want to see the baby blues that she talks about tied to Kelly, he's on our Heroes page, so lopa.org. And when you talk about spreading his story, that's what you do. You volunteer, and I think this will give you a new perspective when you go out in front of those classes or in those church groups, you'll be able to bring something new to the table. His story continues, even though his death was five years ago. Exactly. The gift of time represents to me through this journey up until the float and up until the parade that I get to work on the float and I get to work on his photograph and I get to spend quality time with him other families that were um, that's going to be on the float with Kelly, Christian Nelson. Christian died about six months after Kelly, and we've done a lot of things with Christian's parents. We basically just walk hand in hand with them. So to be able to 
those together is another great honor for us. Wow. And we're going to talk to Christian's parents coming up. But we talked about Kelly Terrio, Julie's son, Julie's hero. He'll be the 2018 Florgrath honoree, one of those. And you can hear more about his story on episode 42 of The Gifted Life. You could see his picture and you can be there with Julie. Cheer her on and you'll hear more about this journey right here on the podcast. So we just talked to donor mom, Julie, uh, and she's oh so proud of Kelly being on that Donate Life float in 2018. She mentioned another family, Hans and Jen, and their hero, Christian Nelson. Hans joins us by phone. Hey, Hans. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. Man, we appreciate you joining us, and I'm smiling here because uh, we posted these pictures on Facebook, but you guys went to this event at the Lopa office, thought you were just promoting donation, doing good deeds with Christian's legacy that you guys started. And then you heard this news that I don't think you were expecting to hear. Not at all. And, you know, when we got the invitation and wanted to be there and actually had to be out of town for our nephew's graduation up in Shreveport, which was at lunchtime that same day. So we did the graduation. It was delayed by an hour. It was just one of those things where we're like, we're not going to make it. And, of course, we didn't really know what, what the big secret was. We didn't know there was a secret. So <laughs> we, got there about, we got there about 15 or 20 minutes late. I'm, I'm so grateful that along the way there wasn't an accident or something else that happened and we wouldn't have been able to be there because the element of surprise certainly was, uh, was something, to, to, something to enjoy. I was fortunate enough to be standing right next to Jen and Hans. And, of course, I knew what was coming up. And immediately uh, prior to that, uh, a lot of the families were able to talk about the trip. We had all of the florographs, you know, in the same room and sharing their experiences. So it was an emotional, really an emotional time for everyone. And then when Libby went ahead and started that announcement, and I kind of turned and looked at you guys, and that the, the expressions were just Aww. priceless. It was, I have the goosebumps even thinking about it again. Well, you know, thinking back on it now, as, as everything kind of unfolded, I guess it didn't register, and, and I, I do remember it thinking back, but it didn't register with me that Libby had said there were going to be two families. So when they announced, you know, Kelly was going to be honored and they called for Julie, like, we kind of got caught up in that moment and, and were so happy for her. And it hadn't clicked that there was going to be another announcement. So we're watching as this unfolds. And then, you know, so it's like maybe 15 to 30 seconds passes as Julie walks in. And then when, when Libby called our names, I, I remember, I looked at Jen like, wait a minute. Like, what, <laughs> why is she calling us? Up? Oh. Like, I just, it still hadn't really clicked in. It took a few seconds to register that there was going to be you know, two families honored this year. And it, it's, that, that unto itself is amazing that, that Louisiana is able to have two representatives on the float this year. I have a question for you, Hans. The theme of the float for this coming year is the gift of time. What does that mean for you, just thinking about Christian and everything that you all have been through in these last several years? Time, and you hear, you hear people say it all the time, that, you know, that, that, you know, you've got a limited time here on Earth, and you should 
do the most that you know that, that for the good of man and for your family or whatever while you're here and you hear that and, and it probably doesn't really register until you know unfortunately like in this circumstance tragedy tragedy struck for our family and you know we are very grateful that we had 19 years with Christian because we see families that you know in, in similar circumstances or not even older families just families in general dealing with losing a loved one that's several days old, several years old. So, of course, we would have liked to have him far outlive us, but the 19 years were very important. And now, you flip it around, and it's now we have our time here. He's no longer here, but what can we do with that time? So mm-hmm. we enjoyed the time with him, but now we've got this other time that, that occupies us spreading this message and, and creating what we feel will be a lasting legacy for him. So it kind of works two ways for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great advocates for donation. And I know just knowing you, that you're starting to do your research. You've talked to these veterans who have been to this parade. So is there a moment? Is there a time? Is there something that you're looking forward to seeing or doing uh, with this experience, this opportunity? You know, I, I think it's still kind of overwhelming, like immediately kind of got online and looked at the quotes from the past. We've watched, of course, since since we lost Christian, you know, four years ago, we, we have watched the Rose Parade with, with different eyes because we look for something now that we may not have seen the same way before. So we have, you know, seen over the last few years what the float looked like and understood the themes from, from those years. But kind of doing the research now and looking, it's all still kind of overwhelming, knowing that we'll pack in in just a few short days, all sorts of emotional, you know, roller coaster rides as, as we head out to California to, to see our son's image pass and what is probably along with the Macy's Day, you know, with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the two most famous parades in, in the United States. This is a huge deal. And that to be a focal point, whether it's for the, the people there in person that are involved or the people that are watching the parade and everybody, you know, the millions hopefully watching at home, it's just... Mm-hmm. That, to me, is as it passes in front and we watch it go by, I, I can't imagine what that's going to feel like. Oh, it's going to no. be awesome. And then the parade theme, making a difference, that's what you guys try to do in the world, donation every day. Yeah, you know, it's 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 crazy because we, you know, and I've, I've talked to you guys about this before, I never would have thought that, that this would have been a road we would travel, not because we didn't try to make a difference in the community. I just don't know that this would have been a road that would have been an opportunity for us to, to, you know, advocate for organ donation and to speak about it. Yesterday, I spoke to a driver's ed class. I got called the night before, and they were going to have a, a little, you know, presentation about organ donation and what to do when the when you're at the DMV for your for your driver's permit. And the owner of the, the driver's ed called and said, "Hey, look, could you come give us like a first person, you know, story about why it's important to Love say that. yes?" and so I was there. I mean, and that's we do that now all the time because we realize there aren't enough advocates out there. So we gotta we gotta do what we can every opportunity. Yeah, we are so glad that you guys are part of the team. Christian Nelson, he was honored in our hero segment here on the Gifted Life back on episode eleven. So you can listen to that. You can also go to our heroes page, lopa.org, to see his face, to see Hans, Jen, their family. Um, and we're going to continue to follow this story, and we know that when you come back from this experience that we'll have you back, Han, so that we can hear it from your perspective. We appreciate you. We can't wait to be able to tell you this story. I mean, we're so excited. I mean, the six months will be done in, a, in probably 
of the blink of an eye in some ways. So we'll, uh, we look forward to coming back and hopefully having a whole bunch of great stories to tell. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. It's that time in the podcast where we like to honor a hero. Today's hero is Jennifer Cotton Newman. Cotton was her nickname. We learn about her from mom and dad. Here's what they say. Our daughter, Cotton, at the young age of 25, decided that she wanted to become an organ donor. She loved life and told us that if something was to ever happen to her to make sure she could save at least one life, it would make her happy and it would be her last good deed before meeting Jesus. Sad to say, two years later, she passed away, leaving her three young babies, but she saved five lives. She is sadly missed by her three kids, mother and father. She is our hero because even after death, she still gives the gift of life, and that gives us comfort. Last but not least, Cotton loved butterflies, and every time we see one, we know it's her. You can see her picture. You can learn more on our heroes page at lopa.org. At this time, we'd like to pause and say thank you to Cotton for the gift of life. We love interaction, Joe, right? And in our question and answer segment, info at we asked people, go there with your questions. Uh, we want to know what you're thinking. We want to help you answer those questions. And so this one we got from a listener. I am a type 2 diabetic. What can't I donate and what can I donate? That's a great question, Laurie. Type 2 diabetes is a type of diabetes that generally the onset is as an adult. Type 1 usually occurs earlier uh, as a teenager. You'll see it, and that's the one that's more insulin dependent. In each case, mm -hmm. the pancreas is damaged. Uh, so in both cases, you would not be able to donate your pancreas. But it does have some effects with other organs, but there are so many times in most cases you can donate pretty much everything else. So, uh, so your kidneys. Don't rule yourself out. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't rule yourself out. Your kidneys, heart, you know, they do have some effects sometimes, but we do testing on all that right. beforehand. And most of the time, they're still suitable to be donated for transplant. All right. And there you have it. Info at lopa.org. If you have a question that you want us to field here on The Gifted Life or give us a call, 504-648-3477. We may use your audio on the podcast. Another episode of The Gifted Life in the books, guys. That's right. We want to first thank Kathleen, float manager, for giving us... It's a big job. That is. For giving us the, the scoop on exactly what it takes to, to make that Donate Life Rose Parade float happen. That's just amazing. Talk about lots of work. My yes. goodness. I know. And all those man hours. She said thousands, yeah. thousands, thousands. Yeah, I believe it. I know. A labor of love for all yes, the donor is. families and... It is magnificent, oh, though. Wonderful. Like when it rolls yeah. on January 1st, 2018, we will all be in awe. And guess who will also be in shock, probably? <laughs> yeah. These two families. Yeah. Thanks so much to Julie and Hans for sharing their thoughts about having their loved ones on the float. This just must be so exciting for them. Can hardly wait to see and hear yeah. what their feedback is. Yeah. yeah. And for sharing Kelly and Christian with us as well and for spreading that donation message. And look, if you listen today and you got inspired to sign up to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor to save lives, 
registerme.org is a one-stop shop. You can go there and sign up. It doesn't take a lot of time. But we do want you to do something today that you don't normally do to help us make life happen. We know you can do it. Be part of the team. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our producers are Kirsten Hines and Shalon Carraway. We are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Metairie, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 